We build our nativity scenes this time of year. We place the different characters that have come to bear witness of the great news of great joy for all people. We have the familiar characters, Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds and the wise guys. And, and every year we, we place them, whether in our homes or if you drove into church today, they're out on the, the front lawn there. We, we even have one here in our sanctuary right behind me where the familiar group of characters that help to tell the story are there to remind us of this beautiful story of good news of great joy for all people. Now, if I was going to, you know, recast this story, if I was going to remake or tell the Christmas story in a more modern way today, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell it in the way that God would tell it. It's such a weird story for us with Caesar Augustus and Quirinius, and then they go to Bethlehem and Joseph and Mary. I mean, this just doesn't make sense in our modern world. Because if we're going to give a message of good news of great joy for all people, what is God doing in the middle of a field? Like in most things, we think we know how we could do it better. We wouldn't do it in the middle of a field. We'd go to a place of, you know, impact. We would put it on a global marketable campaign. We'd go to maybe a city or we'd go to somewhere where it's moving and shaking, not just in the middle of a field somewhere and certainly not to these shepherds just keeping their watch over their flocks at night. Who are these guys? What are they doing there? We'd want to go to the influencers no, not like the social media influencers, which is just a teenager and a YouTube channel, like the real influencers of our world, the people. We would want to give that message to them, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm doing, and maybe God does. That kind of is how it tends to work in my life. See, this story, the way that God wants to give this message, the inclusion of all sorts of characters into the nativity scene is a way of reminding us that we're welcome there too. That's what we do at Christmas, isn't it? As we place the characters along the manger, we too get to come to the manger to see who is this king, who is this child that is born in the town of David. We have come to see. You see, setting's important. I don't know if God understands this. In the middle of a field, are you serious? I mean, when you got engaged, how many of you, raise your hands. I, I'm curious. How many of you, when you got engaged, got engaged in a Dunkin' Donuts? Couple, couple, no, no. Now, I, 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 there's nothing wrong against Dunkin'. I love Dunkin' Donuts. In fact, America runs on Dunkin'. We all know that. But here's the thing. Dunkin' has its place. When you got engaged, maybe it was probably hopefully a little bit more romantic than that, right? So what's happening? Why is this setting all wrong? See, this is what God does. God goes to the people and to the places. Even though God is extraordinary, we know that God is an extraordinary God. This is a season of wonder, of, of magic, of majesty, of lights and songs and carols and food and, and all that is extravagant and joyful. God is the God of the extraordinary that comes to meet the ordinary. And God is also the God of the ordinary. I know that's weird to say that, but God specializes in coming into the midst of our ordinariness, of the everydayness of our lives, and making it something, making it extraordinary. He comes to shepherds in the middle of the field. Shepherds in the field abiding, watching over their flocks at night, just doing their jobs, doing their thing. And they come to give the good news of great joy for all people to them. 
God with us is now residing. Yonder shines the infant light. The message for these humble shepherds out in the middle of nowhere is they need to go somewhere. They need to go yonder. And we're told it's to the town of David, to the city of David. Once in royal David city stood a lonely cattle stall. We know this story enough to go to the little town of Bethlehem so that they could be witnesses and see what God is doing. They need to go to Bethlehem. They need to go yonder. And as a Another Christmas carol, Komali Faithful says, See how the shepherds summoned to his cradle, leaving their flocks, draw nigh to gaze. We too will thither bend our joyful footsteps. I, I don't know about you. When was the last time you thithered? I'm not sure what it's like, but this is how they go. They thithered all the way to Bethlehem. They, they went yonder. And I feel like that's, that's what we're invited to do this Christmas. Look, Christmas, the message of good news of great joy for all people, will invite us to move out of our normalcy to bear witness to what God is doing. And I, I get this. There's something, there's a part of me that just likes my normal routine of doing what I normally do. When I have a message, when the doorbell rings and I'm wearing my cuffbeat pants and I'm eating my Doritos and binge watching my favorite show, you think I want to get up? You think I want to go yonder to answer the door? This is what they're doing. They're, they're doing their thing. And, and the message is you need to go there. And I don't know where there is for you. In fact, you know, we're COVID-19, we kind of have some like geographical limits here, okay? I don't want you to go yonder too far, friends, okay? I want you to go spiritually yonder. I want you to get out of where you are now in the midst of what's happening in your spiritual life and to take that bold step of faith to see what God might be doing there, to just move out of where you are now and, and to go and to bear witness and to see and to do and to go yonder and to thither. I don't know what that is, but to, to just move and just do and just act. This is what is the point of the good news of great joy for all people that everybody's invited. You're invited to come and to see what God is doing, but it's happening yonder. It's happening there. We need to get to a place. We need to go to the little town of Bethlehem because the location, the setting is really important. What's up with this town? Why are shepherds invited to go there? I mean, prophet Micah would remind us that Bethlehem is just the least, the smallest of all the clans. But you will come out for me, one who will be the ruler of Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. He goes on to say as well, he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Oh, there it is. That makes sense. This little town of Bethlehem has this connection of the one that will be born will be a shepherd, a good shepherd for us. Majesty of the name of the Lord, his God, they will live securely for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. So while the prophet helps us, really what Luke is telling us of why they're invited to go to the town of David, to the city of David, this town of Bethlehem, is going to help us to think or to remember, well, why is David now? Why is he, we, we, we don't put him in the nativity scene, that's a little weird, but he's included in this story. So you got to go back a little bit to the beginning of what's up with his life. And the prophet goes to Jesse, who is David's dad, and God said, hey, it's going to be one of Jesse's sons that's going to be uh, the next king. So the prophet goes, check out what happens. So Jesse had seven of his sons passed before Samuel, and Samuel's like, it's not one of these. It's just, I'm not getting that, 
that feeling. I'm not getting the vibe. I'm not, I'm not feeling this. And then, are these all the kids you have? I don't know, what kind of ridiculous question is that? I mean, I know seven's, you know, seven's a lot of kids is to begin with. You, that would be probably fair to say, you've got at least seven sons here. Do you know how many kids do you, you know, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are? <laughs> this is such a weird question. Are you sure all your kids are here? Oh, uh, yeah. There's one I didn't invite. He didn't even get an invitation because he's the youngest. Any young kids out there feeling the pain? You know, any amens to that, being the youngest kid? Yeah, I wasn't even invited to that party, right? There's the youngest. What's he doing? Keeping watch over the flocks at night. Uh, go get him. We won't move till he gets here. Songwriter says, One by one, Jesse's son stood before the prophet. Their father knew a king would soon be found, and when each one passed except the last, because no one thought to call him, for surely he would never wear a crown. But when others see a shepherd boy, God might see a king. And even though your life seems filled with ordinary things, in just a moment, he can touch you, and everything will change. Because when others see a shepherd boy, God may see a king. We take the shepherds and we place them in our homes or outsides on our lawns because they're part of the story of good news of great joy for all people. They're the ones that were invited to come and to say, let's think back, let's think about the history. Let's think about in the town of David who was a shepherd boy not even invited to the party. Let's think about even his great grandma, Bethlehem in the first place. There's a story, you can read about it in the book of Ruth where Ruth is this Moabite woman that comes to the city of Bethlehem and, you know, is able to, in the field, right, grain and get some grain. And they have this, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but here's basically what happens. This Moabite woman named Ruth comes from a place called Moab, which there was a period within the people of God where they're like, Moab, boo, we don't like them. Moab, another tribe, they're not part of us, we don't like them. Moab, get rid of them. And it's as if God is saying like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to say that, you know, the Moabites, yeah, you just want to murder them all. Okay, here's what we're going to do. How about I just take a Moabite woman and make her the great-grandma of King David? Boom. This is what God specializes in. God specializes in inviting people that we would have never invited to be the witnesses of the good news of great joy for all people. Because good, good news of great joy for all people isn't going to be good unless it's for all people. So the shepherds are involved. The shepherd boy is eventually now invited to the party and he's made king. But even further back is his great grandma, right, who is just from this far off land that now comes and is part of the story of the line of the great love and salvation of the world. She's included in this. We don't put her there, but she's there. She's part of the story. David's not standing there with the shepherds, but he's part of the story. We sing about the little town of Bethlehem. We sing about this child that is born in the manger to remind us that there has to be a place. There has to be enough room around this manger in our nativity scene to be able to place some of these characters because that's what love is about. That's really what love is going to be all about. We light the candle of love 
And this love is a love that invites us to invite all people. Shepherds, shepherd boys, Moabites. To say, come on, you're part of the story. We want to tell this story. We don't want to leave them out. I know that your nativity scene may only have so much room on your dining room table. There's enough room, though. There's enough room in our hearts to be able to include the shepherds and the shepherd boy and the Moabite woman that now have a place at the manger. And here's the good news. You have a place there too. Feel like you're not invited to the party? There's a place for you at the manger. You feel like you're just trying to do your job and to live your life. You don't want God coming in and breaking in with a song to mess it all up. Watch out because God specializes in coming into the ordinary moments of our days and making them extraordinary. He comes to us in moments like that because that's what it means for God to be with us. God is with us not just in the carols and the songs and the lights and the wonder of the season. God is with us in the midst of the ordinariness of our lives. He's always with us. But sometimes when this message comes to us, we're going to be left with a choice of what we're going to do with it. How are we going to respond to this message of love? How do we act out this good news of great joy for all people? Shepherds and shepherd boys and Moabite women. How are we going to respond? You better get on yonder. You better start to thither your way there. And I love someone was like, you should look up the definition of that word. To see, you should teach us what thither means. And I'm like, I don't want to learn what it means. I like my own definition of thithering. I like that you get to decide how you thither. It's for you. Now, you could probably Google it and see what I wrote on Wikipedia this morning. But th this is what we're invited to do. I'm not sure how you're going to go or how you're going to move or how you're going to get yonder to bear witness because... First, you must remember that there's place for you at the manger. There's a space for you at the nativity to see and to bear witness to the light, to Christ the King, the good news of great joy for all people. You're invited there. Now, get moving, okay? Go and see. Step out of what you think you might have planned today to take a moment to bear witness of what God is doing in the world, what God is doing in your heart and in your life. Start thithering. Go yonder. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for coming and speaking, delivering a song, a message of good news. Thank you for including us, including us into the song, into the story, and into the nativity. There's a place for us. We come, we think about the story, we think about all those involved, and even those that we've heard about today, we think of how this is a message for all people. Would you help us respond in a way that we might share good news too? That when we have a story to tell or a song to sing, it might also be indeed a message of good news, of great joy for all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The bread of life. Jesus, when we come to him, we are satisfied. Jesus was born in the little town of Bethlehem, and Bethlehem means house of bread. The bread of life is born in the house of bread.
Ruth is gathering grain from the field, and her story involves what it means to be provided for. She was able to gather that grain because she was poor. She was able to be provided for by a simple thing like bread. And the shepherds are going to come to the house of bread to see this beautiful symbol of light, Christ the King that has borne so many great symbols of how we talk about Jesus in this season. But again, as we take communion, this is a reminder that the bread of life was born literally in the house of bread in the town of David, Bethlehem. And on the night of which Jesus gave himself for us, he took bread and he broke it and he shared it with his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. And when supper was over, he took the cup and he blessed it and he shared it with his disciples and he said, drink from this all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. We come, Lord, and give you thanks and praise for the bread of life. We ask that you'd pour out your spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice to make them be for us the very body and blood of Christ so that we may be your body, your people, who are redeemed by your blood and by your spirit. Make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry until you come and we feast at your heavenly banquet table. And until that time, we gather around this table of grace, a table where all are welcome to share in the bread and the cup. Because this good news of your grace for us, your presence with us in this meal, is one that is for all, even people like us. We worship you and praise you for this, this beautiful invitation to come to a table of grace, a table that you've set for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.